Good evening, and welcome once again to Your Legal Rights on KALW 91.7 FM, San Francisco Bay Area. I'm your host, Jeff Hayden, and tonight we're happy to present another program on landlord-tenant law. Last time we ran this program, we were looking at a massive budget surplus. The governor and legislatures found money to help more folks in the offing. Funds earmarked for COVID rental assistance, although they remain undistributed, and tenants are getting rejections without notice and without reason. That was then. As of today, the budget surplus is rapidly evaporating. The stock market and hence investment portfolios are down in the neighborhood of 20%. With interest rates climbing, the seller's market for real estate has cooled. Fewer folks can afford to buy, and pressure on renters seems inevitable. Meanwhile, the statewide pandemic moratorium on eviction due to residential non-payment of rent is months in the rearview mirror. And as the state protections have completely unraveled, where are the cities and counties right now? For landlords, what remedies are available other than eviction? Waiver rent payment plans? Small claims cases for breach of contract? How would any of this affect tenants? In short, just where does this leave us? Where are we now? There's a lot going on. We have a lot to talk about with just the right guests. Joining us tonight, for some 20 years, San Francisco landlord-tenant attorney Jessica Chalik represents clients in board rent board actions, in mediations, and in court for all landlord-tenant issues. Jessica launched her practice to specialize in San Francisco residential evictions, vacancy agreements, and rent board petitions for tenants, landlords, master tenants, and subtenants. Also joining us tonight, San Mateo attorney David Finkelstein. A graduate of New York University School of Law, David is admitted to practice in the states of California and New York. Beginning his practice as a staff attorney in California for the National Housing Law Project at Bolt Hall Law School, David has been representing clients in real estate and landlord-tenant matters for some 40 years. David has published articles about protection for renters during the COVID-19 crisis. And with that, David, Jessica, welcome to your legal rights. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to be here again. Yes, thank you again. So the last time we were doing this, we did, you guys were good enough to present us with a little introductory discussion about uh, the eviction moratorium and some of the relief funds that were undistributed. Can you update us a little bit about what changes there are there? In those arenas. Well, as far as residential rent relief, we're in about the same place. There are undistributed funds that are getting out, hopefully, to landlords and tenants who applied before the March 31st deadline. Hopefully, also, there are, uh, I mean, there are still some uh, areas where there is still eviction control and Alameda County for one I know still has uh, full eviction prohibitions. Uh, San Francisco has changed to having eviction prohibitions to now they have COVID-19 as a defense in eviction lawsuits. 
Yes, well, uh, I agree. We've had a lot of problems with Alameda County, um, and we've got more than a few calls from landlords who just don't understand why um, they can't get their rent paid and they can't evict uh, in Alameda County. And frankly speaking, we don't understand it either, but that's what Alameda County has chosen to do. Uh, As far as um, San Francisco uh, is concerned, uh, I I was given today a copy of a recent ordinance number 34-22 that talks about some kind of limited prohibition, uh, even on rents due after April 1, 2022, that were not paid due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And and at my firm, we've been trying to figure out what does this mean? Because there really isn't a procedure for getting uh, rent relief uh, for the tenant and uh, Jessica, are, do you know anything about this uh, ordinance, this uh, 3422 that talks about rent due on or after April 1, 2022 and was not paid due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes. Um, my understanding is that ordinance applies to any rents that become due after uh, April 1 or thereafter, um, after the statewide pandemic uh, protections lifted. And the reason, and what I understand that it does is that it provides for San Francisco tenants a local defense that that the eviction should not go forward because of COVID-19 pandemic-related matters. I'm not... Sure, I believe it extends further than just non-payment of rent due to COVID-19 hardship, um, but I, I think it, it provides a local defense to eviction cases in San Francisco. Well, why wouldn't every non-paying tenant just claim that uh, their income is down because of COVID or they were they were cut back on their hours or whatever? It seems well, I, very unfair I mean, to me. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely, you know, a possibility, I suppose, but all of that is subject to proof at trial or along the way during discovery in the, in the eviction lawsuit. Um, they would have to prove that they were not able to pay the rent and that it was COVID-related reasons mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the defense is. And for those folks listening outside of San Francisco, much of the Bay Area is different. There's much to discuss, as you can tell. And here's your opportunity to get in on the conversation and ask us your questions. Our phone number right here is 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415-841-4134. If you're outside of the San Francisco Bay Area, call us toll-free at 866 866- Again, that's 866-798-8255.
1-800-227-8255. Bear in mind that our attorney guests can't provide you precise legal advice. They don't have all of the salient facts relating to your case. However, we're happy to pass along the legal principles, help you in your decision-making. And their legal guidance mightn't be the same positions as their employers or their clients, but they're here to help. So give us a call. Again, our number 415-841-4134 or 866-798-8255. So other than providing for courts, it seems that the state's pretty much withdrawn from the arena at this point. Would you say that's the case or becoming the case? Yes, Yes, I think. I think they're moving in that direction. Yes, I agree. Uh, They are, the state has, you know, through the judicial council has, uh, and and state laws, has extended some alternate relief for landlords uh, that as far as normally in small claims, the dollar limit is $10,000, but for COVID-related rent debt that um, for which landlords are not seeking to obtain possession of the unit because that's the goal of an eviction is to obtain possession but where it's just to you know get the money back or to get a judgment where they can collect by uh, levying bank accounts or uh, you know garnishing wages small claims have, the cap on has been lifted for COVID-19 related rent debt there's special forms in the small claims judicial council form section uh, for that particular kind of rent debt in small claims court. What's the present limit in small claims court for landlord tenant? For COVID related rent debt, it's unlimited right now. Uh, they're trying to make it easier for people to get through it. Small claims does not have use lawyers in court, although people can consult with lawyers if they want to. Um, but it's much more of a one hearing, uh, you know, the landlord and the tenant show up and everybody presents their evidence and the judge makes a decision. There's not, you know, the risk of jury trial and all that. And you get your 15 minutes of fame. Very much. So we know that San Francisco has stepped up. What's happening in some of the other communities around the Bay Area? Well, there are there are some uh, local uh, communities that are trying to pass uh, uh, rent uh, restricting uh, ordinances um, that are uh, more. Uh, restrictive than the statewide rent control of 1842 that was passed us uh, AB 1842 in back in 2019 and um, and um, I, I I can't give you a, a breakdown of uh, of all of it but uh, I know some local localities like Mountain View and uh, others like that have have tried to make more restrictive uh, rent control ordinances and uh, and provide for more uh, uh, restrictions on, for example, under the 1842 ordinance. Uh, 
it's possible for a landlord to get around the uh, the no uh, the fact that you you need a cause, just cause for eviction, by trying to do um, what they say is a substantial repair that takes more than thirty days. So some localities are attempting to pass ordinances that say. The landlord just can't say, I want to do a substantial ordinance. They have to actually submit plans and submit for a permit before they can give a 60-day notice and evict for just cause. But generally, that's not required. But as I said, there are some localities that are trying to make it harder for the landlord to use this substantial repair as a just cause for eviction. I don't know whether that's uh, how that plays out in San Francisco, Jessica. Maybe you could tell us that. Well, with the San Francisco local rent ordinance, uh, it also has just cause provisions. um, And one of them is substantial repair. But if a landlord in San Francisco wants to, you know, do an eviction for substantial repair, they have to have plans and everything, and they have to be provided to the tenants as well. So, you know, or at least made available at the planning department for the tenants to inspect. So I think what Mountain View and those areas are doing is tracking what's going on in San Francisco, frankly. I I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Let's turn it over to Brian in San Francisco. Welcome to your legal rights. Hi, um, I have a question slash statement, and um, just take from it what you can. I guess my question then becomes, so what happens when we evict our way all the way to, um, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we can't evict our way out of this problem, and shouldn't it be in, like, the landlord's best interest to kind of find solutions and work together? Then just try and push for every last dollar that they're that they are technically owed. But you know, at some point, you know, these mass evictions that you know landlord, landlords are trying, I guess, to do will eventually just harm the community more. And you know, I guess I always think of enlightened self-interest, and always would like to imagine that if I own property, and uh, if you know it was an economic hardship that my tenant. Uh, faced, I would do anything and everything up to and including, you know, just coming up with deals. I mean, you can you can always make arrangements. And why don't people think about doing that and thinking, you know, outside of the box? I mean, that's maybe a loaded statement and question, but go for it. Well, Brian, before, before we go for it, let me pass this on to my guest with another added element to it. Um, before you jump in, Jessica, I was going to ask if you would answer that separately as it relates to a larger, more corporate landlord where you're talking about doing things in mass and maybe distinguish that from the small mom and pop landlord that might own a second home or maybe a couple of rental units. Uh, you may find that the answers are quite a bit different, but I wanted to throw that in there. Jessica? Well, I don't normally work with corporate landlords, so I really can't speak on their behalf um, as far as, like, are they going through and sweeping through and evicting lots of people. In San Francisco, there has not been a rush to the courthouse. 
there um, there are landlords who are working with their tenants and trying to work out payment plans or some some landlords are agreeing to a waiver of some rent if the tenant is otherwise you know a good tenant and they want to keep them in there because they know they take care of the property or whatever you know and, and do pay their rent when you know, when it's you know more normal times whatever that is so I, I you know I can't really speak to what corporate landlords are doing but the landlords that I work with they're interested in, in trying to work out deals unless tenants are otherwise problematic or get belligerent or, you know, are, are not civil when they talk about these matters. Yes. Uh, and uh, in, in a way, um, my practice uh, uh, is sort of similar to Jessica's. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say they're all mom and pop, but, you know, generally most of my clients uh, don't have more than uh, they range from the mom and pop with a single family house or a duplex uh, generally up into the 30 or 40 units, not usually more, more than that. And my experience was even with the 30 and 40 units that the landlord usually doesn't even come to me until after he's tried to make deals and they've been broken and uh, and uh, the doors slammed in their face or the telephone hung up on the landlord and then he calls me. So um, because the landlords aren't in a rush to pay monies for an eviction and, and they're probably never going to get those monies back, even if they get a judgment for the attorney's fees which doesn't always happen either, but they're never going to collect that. I always tell them that. So even when we get to court, uh, I usually recommend at the settlement conference that the landlord agree to some kind of compromise. If there's a, uh, you know, a date that the tenant will voluntarily move out. Um, and, uh, uh, because they're never going to actually collect the money. That's the, the problem that the landlord is facing is, um, I, I, I don't know what Jessica's experience is, but my experience is out of 100 cases, the landlord would be lucky if they got uh, 10 out of 100 cases where they're able to collect the rent from the judgment. I don't know. What's your experience, Jessica? My experience is very similar. Yes, a lot of times, particularly if people are being evicted for non-payment of rent, either during the pandemic especially, but even before and now after, if they're not being, a lot of people consider rent to be an important thing that they have to take care of every month. So if they're not, I'm sorry, there was some noise. So if they're not, um then that means that it would be hard to collect a judgment from them as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Brian, I think you're finding that you, you're speaking to people, uh, kindred souls of a similar mindset. Hope that was of some help, and thank you for joining us in your legal rights. Let me turn it to James, also from San Francisco. Hello. Can you hear Hi. me okay? We hear you fine. You're on the air. Welcome. Oh, super. Um, so I, I'm a tenant, and I have just a very odd situation that involves the uh, the um, 
COVID uh, rent uh, program. So uh, I live in a, uh, a building that's got three floors, uh, three apart, well, three separate units on each floor, but each unit ha- has rooms that are all individually leased. Each person has their own lease with the landlord. Um, there's no master tenant. Uh, it's with a mom and pop uh, landlord that I kind of consider family for the most part. They're great landlords. Um, uh, they ran behind because everybody, about a total of 10 um, rooms or 10 leases, 10 tenants, um, including myself, all had uh, issues with paying rent with COVID. And um, I worked with the landlords to try to get everybody coordinated to get a tenant application put in to match the landlord application uh, to the program. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, they uh, had private financing and they weren't able to recoup enough money fast enough or really any money from the program fast enough before they lost the building to foreclosure. The building went up for auction um, in July of last year and nobody bid on it. Uh, It reverted back to the original uh, lender, the private lender. um, And uh, it just sort of went into this limbo land where we'd heard nothing for a couple months. And then suddenly we got noticed that the, uh, the owner, the, uh, who was the original financer sold it to an out of state, uh, investment group. And I think it's changed hands another time since then. We haven't received word from any of the, the new owners short of one representative who, who showed up with the apartment from Oakland, who just was a representative for the out-of-state owners, just posted a notice that wanted to get everybody's leases. Um, and I provided all of that to her because I had helped organize all the tenants with the COVID program, and we have heard nothing since then. We don't know who the, lo- who the owner is. We've never been given a name, an address, or anything to send rent to. Um, and the, uh, the, we're in this weird area where there's all kinds of defects and problems with the apartments that need to be fixed that are against code. But we don't really know who to contact. Also, we're kind of scared to contact anybody because nobody's been demanding rent. And we're now, you know, in September since, you know, the building was sold to these out-of-state investors, I'm going to say December of last year. And we're not really sure what to do. We, we um, uh, have the uh, – definitely everybody's still in a, a position where they need to um, – where they can claim uh, hardship for – the uh, COVID repayment program, because we're in the tenderloin, so everybody's kind of runs on a, a low fixed income. But I don't even know, we don't even know who to contact uh, to pursue it. And then we also don't really have any interest in trying to reach out to anybody because nobody has come to us for rent. But at the same time, like I said, there's these major defects with the buildings developed. We have no trash cans. We have no heat. Uh, there's broken windows. There's a commercial space in the very bottom of the building that got flooded about a year and a half ago that never got repaired before the old owners lost the building. And finally somebody registered a complaint and we have an inspector coming from the city tomorrow to look in that commercial space to see what's going to be up to code and what's not. And they want to come into all the apartments upstairs as well. And everybody's kind of freaking out. Um, so I don't really know uh, if you guys can provide any advice or guidance on that kind of thing, especially how it might relate to the COVID relief act or just, uh, well, anything, because it's sort of a really weird, convoluted situation. 
it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, yes, I, I would uh, I would recommend that you contact uh, a legal services group uh, called the Tenderloin Legal Services Group. I believe they're called. Um, and so they're not the red board. We should. No, no. This is a a a public interest the housing clinic. I think maybe it's called Tenderloin Legal Services. It should okay, be Tenderloin Legal Services. Uh, yes, uh, I've dealt with several of those attorneys. They're all excellent attorneys, um, and um, they, you, you don't pay them. They're paid by uh, either private donations or government funding or some combination, and they're uh, they have the ability to uh, search the records and get the name and address of the owners and contact them and do all of that. Um, and um, plus, I think the city will probably issue some kind of notice to the landlords they, as well. They have. Requiring them to make. Uh, I, I looked it up. I looked that up last week uh, and they did indeed send a notice of violation um, uh, as a, uh, uh, NOV for the uh, building to the current owners as of the 20th of last week. And I know that's got a okay. 15 or 30 day process, but that's for the downstairs commercial space. The, the inspectors, the city has no idea about all the other violations in the residential units upstairs. Okay. Um, and that's what this visit well, tomorrow, everybody's trying to figure out whether they want to let them into the apartments to look around or not. All you right, know you well might... then, hold on, let me, let me jump in here real quick. Um, okay, mm -hmm. since you're in San Francisco, the San Francisco Rent Board has rules about notices that have to be given before a sale and after a sale, and that includes who to pay the rent to and things like that. Um, they, they haven't any done that, I understand. So, um, yeah, they I, have agree not. With, with David, I, I agree with David. You should be contacting the Tenderloin legal have you, assistant or um, have you tried the tenderloin you know, housing clinic um no i haven't um we had uh see the problem is that everybody the individual tenants all have their in, own room so like i know one guy reached out to um the uh the rent board another guy reached out to a friend who uh, is a private attorney um which might have been the cause of the complaint filed with the city with the the bar downstairs in the commercial space um and uh, nobody's reached out to anybody else specifically at the, at the tenderloin um law uh, what was it again you said the tenderloin the first gentleman the tenderloin what law center I, uh, go ahead jessica probably knows the name uh, more correctly than i do it's tenderloin housing clinic their number yeah okay their number is 415-885-3286 or you could simply go online theclinic.org Yes, I, that's what I had asked uh, the first time this was the uh, first gentleman had met because I've definitely been to their website, but um, I will make a note of that again to uh, the other, contact them. Uh, the other place you might try for immediate result is call in the morning the Lawyer Referral and Information Service of the Bar Association of San Francisco. You'll hear their number repeated right. on the air in a moment, but it's 415 415-989-1616. And they have attorneys that are there to answer your questions right away as well. So that may also be an answer for you. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Just one more comment uh, that I've noticed, because like I said, I tried to act on behalf of my old landlords uh, who were like mom and pop, aunt and uncle to me. 
um, to get the uh, the COVID rent relief program. And I found that it's weird, although I'm a tenant and had the, needed to use the rent relief program, I found it really difficult and kind of unfair for these small mom-and-pop landlords because if they put in a landlord application and then the tenant never followed up and put in their application, there was no more recourse for the landlord but to take the, the tenant to small claims court. And as you said, as the first gentleman said, good luck collecting on any judgment from a, a tenant who already has got an economic hardship and can't pay the rent. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like the situation our landlords ran into where they lost the building for, for closure probably is happening quite a bit in the city. It's not really being reported on, say, for the odd thing about, you know, BlackRock investments and stuff swooping in and buying some of these buildings. I, I just I worry how that's going to affect the housing stock uh, in the future if our our portion of that story of our uh, building is going on other places. How many of these small mom-and-pop landlords haven't been able to keep up or have lost or fallen behind or lost their building in foreclosure because that's sort of a catch-22 in the, the rent relief program. If the tenants don't file an application, the landlords have no recourse other than taking them to small claims court. My understanding is that it takes both sides to make it work. That's correct. But there's nothing to, to motivate the tenant put an application in except the the uh stick of you'll be taken to small claims court but that's not a very big stick if you're already in financial arrears because of covid unfortunately no well uh, thank you for joining us i hope we've been of some help and some of those resources pan out for you you're listening i appreciate it thank you thank you you're listening to your legal rights on kalw 91.7 fm san francisco bay area we'll be after this Jesse Reyes is one of the biggest names in R&B right now, and the beginning of the pandemic was Jesse's first chance to slow down in years. She says she processed a lot of trauma that she couldn't deal with while she was on the road, and she'll talk about how that led to her new record. It's coming up on Q from PRX. Q here at 7 o'clock tonight after your legal rights concludes. It's a half an hour from now. Support for your legal rights. Support for KLW is provided by the Bar Association of San Francisco. If you live in San Francisco or Marin County, the Bar Association's lawyer referral service can arrange for you to meet with an, an attorney experienced in the area of law related to your situation. Call 415-989-1616 or visit sfbar.org for more information. Back now to your legal rights. Let me turn to Ellie from Oakland. You've been very patient, but you are on the air. Welcome to your legal rights. Thank you. Hang up and try again. If or maybe need... not. Uh, let's turn to Richard in Redwood City. Welcome to your legal rights. I and son um, had uh, have been running for seven years, paid our rent on time. And then um, we were informed by the people who owned it um, that they were selling the property. And so um, it came as a surprise to us. Um, Redwood City doesn't have any rent protection really to help you out uh, in that instance because um, my understanding was that we would have to vacate because the property was being sold. Um, After we moved out, they didn't sell the property. They just rented it to somebody else. So I didn't know um, 
know, do I have any recourse for damages I might have incurred in terms of having to go ahead and hire the moving company, get out on their time frame, anything like that? So, David, I don't know if we got – if you could please turn your radio down because we're getting a bit of feedback. Uh, David, if you caught the beginning of that, um, yes, Richard was – I, 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 I did. Um, and um, uh, assuming that the notice or the letter along with the notice said that the reason was because they're in selling or they're in escrow uh, – uh, that is a, a violation of, uh, of the statewide law and probably of, uh, might be of the local uh, ordinance. And um, I think you would have uh, recourse. You might even have recourse for your moving costs plus the difference if you had to pay more rent at a different location than where you were, but it it all depends if it was just an oral statement or if it was contained in the actual 30-day or 60-day notice, I assume it's a 60-day notice, or if it was a cover letter that said they're selling and therefore you have to move. Um, so I don't I don't know what the facts are there. Yeah, they were they were very forthcoming. They in several emails they indicated that they were selling the property. They brought an appraiser through. They had a home inspector come look at the property, as well as um, we had a realtor with a prospective buyer that we accommodated come onto the property. Um, and then, and so, um, so they made all the motions. But then, um, but then it became known to us because we we just looked online and we never saw uh, any listing for the property as having sold. And so. Um, Either uh, did they give you a thirty-day notice and say that that's why you were getting thirty days, or did they give you a sixty-day notice? Get a a sixty. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the notice itself didn't say a reason in the notice. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? The notice, the sixty-day notice, did it say? We're giving you this because we're selling the property. I don't, you know, I don't recall. All right. Um, you know, our response was, our response to them was that we're vacating the property based on your your statements that you're selling the property, and so that's that's how we proceeded. There is. I'll have, to, I'll, have, I'll have to go back through and look at um, look at what was what was sent to us. It was, you know, it's a couple that owns the property just as an investment property. Um, I think they have this as their sole investment property or had. Okay. I think it's probably a good idea if you talk to a tenant side attorney to see it, you know where you can actually show them the documents. And they yes, make so, uh, I, I absolutely agree. You should call the uh, attorney referral service of the San Mateo County Bar Association, and they'll give you a referral uh, uh, for uh, consultation at a very, very low cost. 
and you could discuss it with someone. Uh, there may be also uh, a violation of, um, I'm, I, I don't recall right off hand if uh, Redwood City still uh, has a requirement for a relocation uh, payment. Uh, uh, oh. uh, so were you given any offer of relocation payment or were you given the last month's free or anything like that? No, nothing. Okay. So yeah. I definitely then, you should go to see an attorney because even, even if this was a good cause under the 1842 thing, I think you might have been entitled to at least one month free uh, uh, but you got to go speak to an attorney and show him the, the notices and uh, whatever uh, lease you had, and then he'll he'll look up the local Redwood City law. You could okay, uh, well, you could you. reach somebody at the San Mateo County Bar Association Lawyer Referral Service. Their yeah. number is six five zero three six nine four one four nine, or you could go online at s mcba.org Great. Well, thank you very much. Richard, thank you for joining us on Your Legal Rights. Let me go let me go next to Ellie in Oakland. Welcome to Your Legal Rights. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I own uh, a property, a rental property in Oakland uh, with some friends, so the title is actually held in a LLC, so I don't know if that makes me a, a boogeyman corporate uh, landlord or not, uh, but um, uh, we have a, a, a tenant who has not paid rent since March of 2020, uh, and then they did get some money from uh, the state for assistance that we gladly participated in the application for. Um, but uh, they have not begun paying rent again. They're uh, in arrears in the five figures. Um, this is not a sob story of someone who doesn't have a job. Um, they recently actually, in the last few months, asked if they could rent a second parking space for their second uh, $80,000 SUV. Um, mind you, they're not paying rent on the first parking space or the unit that they live in. Um, and I'm wondering, you had mentioned that in uh, small claims court might be an option. Again, we, you know, this is owned in t title is vested with an LLC. So I don't know if that means there is a limit, if I should be suing them as an individual and not going to small claims court. Um, I don't know what my options are, and I'm hoping you can help me. Well, with with that, um, yes, an LLC can sue uh, for a breach of contract, which is what the small claims case would be. Um, or there's also a um, COVID-related rent debt uh, form complaint for uh, regular court, limited or unlimited jurisdiction if you wanted to get an attorney involved to, to help you with what you're doing. Uh, but they would be uh, documents, they would be asking for the back rent. It would not be asking for possession. That's the difference between the small claims or regular court uh, lawsuits versus an eviction lawsuit or unlawful detainer lawsuit. Unlawful detainer slash eviction is looking for possession back. So if all you want is the money, then yes, you can you can still file the small claims action or uh, the uh, regular court complaint for COVID-related rent debt. 
But this case, uh, I think, uh, under underlines the unfairness of the Alameda County restriction or prohibition on unlawful detainers because uh, without any discernment of whether the tenant can afford the rent and it's just not paying the rent or it's just terribly unfair. It's terribly unfair. And, uh, and, and this could lead, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, more than a few uh, mom and pops get foreclosed on because of this, because there's no prohibition against the mortgage holder from foreclosing, only against from the landlord from evicting. Right. So these so small claims and, and the um, regular court complaints for breach of contract and for the COVID-related rent debt are probably your best option in order to try to get some money to avoid those foreclosures. Does it matter if the rent debt is from before September of 2021 or after? Should I be dealing with those separately? No, I don't. I don't think it matters. In Alameda, it doesn't matter if if it was in uh, San Mateo or some other jurisdiction. You could sue for unlawful detainer for possession or rent due after April one. But in Alameda, it doesn't matter. You can't sue for any amount, whether even if it's for just this month, because they have a prohibition against evictions. Right, but I'm just talking about the actual rent due, not the not not possession of the unit. I realize they can there that that is not going to be on the table. But if they owe say fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars, I can go to small claims and 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 try and get a judgment for all of that. That's my understanding, yes. Okay, yes. thank you. Ellie, thank you for joining us in your legal rights. While we're in Oakland, let's talk to Sarah. Sarah, welcome to your legal rights. Great. Hi. Can you hear me? We can. You're on the air. Welcome to your legal rights. Okay. And if you would please thank turn you. your radio down, we're getting a little bit of feedback. I don't have any radio. I turned it off. I turned it off. We're getting um, phantom feedback. We will. We will fight with it. <laughs> Welcome, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, I'm a Section 8 um, client, and <clears throat> I live in a triplex. Um, the property was sold to a new private owner. Um, I've had great relations with the previous owner. <clears throat> I went away to visit uh, six family members for a few weeks while I was gone. I came back and the new owner, uh, because she doesn't like dogs, I had dog sitters taking care of my dog. She put up a fence to block my access to the backyard and the garden, <clears throat> which is also a fire violation because it's our exit. So I've gone to the city of Oakland and code um, inspection is going to come. So that'll be taken care of. But what she also did, I had a beautiful garden with tomatoes, <clears throat> basil plants, all sorts of herbs, and also some cannabis plants. Because um, I would make edibles for uh, people and friends who have chronic illnesses or diseases, and I started doing this because my best friend died from uh, brain cancer. And <clears throat> edibles in the stores were too uh, strong. Um I know uh, cannabis is still not legal at the federal level, but 
like I feel like there's she should <laughs> uh, repay me for having torn out all my beautiful plants and just there's no um, she has no consequences for it like I feel like there's nothing I can do someone said take it a small crane foot but being that I'm a section 8 uh, client I don't know if I can do that well I believe that you can. Uh, I'm not a specialist in Section 8, so I re strongly recommend that you talk to somebody who is. Um, there are tenant agencies in Oakland and Alameda County, uh, Bay Area Legal Aid, um, Community Law Center. There's a number of them that you can contact uh, who deal with Section 8 a lot. But uh, as far it, if Generally, the state, the rule in, in California is that new owners step into the shoes of the old owners. And so if your rental agreement allowed you to have, you know, the plants and things like that, that or the old owner um, allowed you to have them, then, you know, you potentially do have a claim against her. And yes, small claims for the dollar value, but all small claims can do is, is potentially give you money to compensate. Did I, did, I, uh, did I hear something about uh, restricting your dog or attempting to yes. do that? Um, what, what, what did the landlord do? They, uh, <clears throat> so my dogs had run of the backyard and they used that to use the restroom while I would be away, but I would clean up every day. Um, and the dog sitter said that she saw one of the dogs poop while she was there and made a face. And then next thing you know, um, they created a fence. So when I live in the upstairs unit, so when I go down the stairs, I'm blocked off. I can't go to the backyard. Um, and there's another unit in the back. And he can't access now his mail, which is in the front, or take his trash out when he... Um, explained that she said go around the block and we live in the middle of the block and in the back is an alley um our area it's in the san antonio district where there's some unsafe activity happening it would be dangerous <laughs> to go alley sometimes and she's just like has total disregard for any rules or laws and is just well, if your if your lease, like Jessica said, said you had access to the backyard and it also allowed you to have a dog, there is another jurisdiction. Uh, it's called the initials are D F E H, and I think they're they have an office in Oakland. It's the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, and you could file a. Uh, it's a rather simple complaint. Uh, that uh, they're uh, discriminating against you and your dog because you have a dog. And uh, they've been taking quite a number of those cases. I've been, def I defended several of those cases. Um, and uh, you might try that right. as well as um, uh, 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 trying to get an attorney who specializes in Section 8. Another okay, resource yeah. you might try in Oakland is the Alameda County Bar Association. They okay. have they also have a lawyer referral service. Their number is 510-302-2222. Okay. 
thank you. Yeah, because I had called, I had put this on next door neighbor, and people sent me information for the housing resources, like uh, East Bay Community Law Center. But they, a lot of these places said they're only dealing with eviction cases. Um, I have a phone call appointment with the eviction defense center, and I'll, you know, said they need to help you even if it's not an eviction. So. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for tomorrow, but I'll call it the uh, Bar Association as well. Yeah, you can call, uh, call the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. They probably have some kind of complaint desk, and you could talk to them and see if they'll take your case. You don't need an attorney. There's no cost to you. And um, I'm defending a couple of cases. I know in one case, which involved the dog and, and uh, there was supposed to be no dog under the lease and, uh, and the dog was causing a problem. And my client uh, uh, asked her to get rid of the dog. And now the DF, DFEH wants uh, my client to pay $200,000 in damages uh, because of discrimination against the dog. So, I mean, they're pretty serious uh, and they're oh, asking wow. for a lot of money about for those yeah. kind of... <laughs> yeah, no, my lease does say we can have dogs and um, I don't remember if it said specifically if it can uh, have access to the backyard, but obviously, you know, I've been growing my plants there years, and the dogs, you know, had run of it, but well, thank you. That's very helpful. I will definitely follow up with that. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us in your legal rights. And staying with Oakland, let's go to June. June, welcome to your legal rights. Hello. Thank you very much. I enjoy this show, and you've been very helpful to a lot of people. But my question tonight is this. My refrigerator was inoperative. June, I'm sorry to interrupt you. For but approximately is, one week. I'm sorry office. to interrupt you, June, but is your radio on? We're getting feedback. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it down. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, my, my, uh, my, my refrigerator wasn't working for about a week, and so I had informed my, the owner of the building uh, that my food had spoiled and the temperature gauge was not working properly for about a week. And prior to that, it wasn't working, uh, not at all, but it just wasn't working. So I asked her, would she compensate me for the loss of my food? And she replied, no, because she bought me a refrigerator. Well, that is not the point. I had just bought food. I have copies of the, I have pictures of it, and I've asked her, and she just refuses to do so. So I would like to know, can I deduct it out my next month's rent? What are my legal rights? I've been here for approximately 30 years. I've been in a couple of mediations with her before, and it was ruled quite in my favor. So I don't even know why she's going there. Right. Well, um, I think 
that you at least have a good argument because the refrigerator is something that came with the unit and is required to be there. And so the fact that it was out for a week and it damaged your food is not an unreasonable claim. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you should write her a letter Mm -hmm. basically laying that out and providing a copy of the receipt and the pictures or whatever and and the demand for the amount and, you know, mail it to her and keep a copy for yourself. And when she doesn't do anything, then, you know, you you can either take her to small claims court or you can contact a tenant agency to help write a further Mm -hmm. letter, you know, escalate it that way. But I would start with a letter from you. Okay. Before, Before you go, June, I wanted to ask Jessica and David their opinions. If, if June goes down this road, is it safe for June to escalate it or is she protected or does that put her at risk? She'd be protected for six months. Uh, There is a, uh, I I, I can't cite the exact uh, 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 statute number, but there's a, a restriction against retaliating for complaining about uh, conditions in the unit. Um, Yes. That is true because uh, she is very retaliatory. She is very vindictive. She is greedy. The whole ball. Well, it, the problem is the uh, statute only gives you 180 days protection from when mm-hmm. you complain. It's not forever. So if, if this woman uh, has a memory like an elephant or whatever, or even shorter, and waits 180 days and then gives you an eviction notice of whatever it is, 60 days, or if you're Section 8, it's 90 days, or if wherever your jurisdiction, it could be more than 60 days, but she could do that. Well, she's taken action on me before, so it it it, it didn't rule in her favor. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't understand why she's constantly trying to go after me. And like I said, I've been here going on 30 years, and I've been a very loyal and faithful tenant. Uh, if you're in Oakland and it's rent protected, you know, she may just be annoyed because she's not getting market rate rents. Yeah, you know? I, I thought about that. I, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's not right. It's yeah. not right, but it is a fact some people are like that. Well, is it is it going to be partly harassing? I'm a senior citizen also. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're, you're in Oakland, there Would you consider no... that harassment? Because she's told me you can move, or I'm creating, a, a, I'm causing her a lot of problems. Well, she still has to show just cause, even under the state law. So, mm-hmm. no, I'm. Uh, you have more than she can't just give you sixty days. She's got to give you some kind of just cause uh, for for that, which it doesn't sound like she'd be able to, because the judge has already ruled in your favor and similar cases. So she's just spinning her wheels and costing herself money. So it sounds like you're going to be protected. Okay, because I I, I mean, I've I've been able, um, through the grace of God, to really be able to pay my rent in this pandemic 
situation. So, you know, I, I'm just going to continue to do so. But I just wanted to know, you know, would I be able to do something like that? And then I want to know also, is there a moratorium on rent increases in Oakland? If anybody knows the answer, it's got to be very short because we're out of time. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I believe there is. The best thing to do would be to contact the Oakland Rent Board. Yes, I agree. Okay, I'll do that. And thank you so much for your for your time. I, I tell everybody to, to listen to your shows, and I am a supporter of KALW and all of the programs that you have, and keep on doing it. June, thank you so much. We do appreciate that. All righty. Thank you. And please come back anytime. You've been listening to your legal rights on, well, before I go there, quick question if either of you know. Last time, last couple times we've been here, we talked about this feared rush of evictions at the end of the moratorium. Did we see it? Did you see it, David? No, I haven't seen uh, a rush of evictions myself. Um, Jessica, have you seen a rush of evictions? No, I really haven't. Um, It's a phenomenon that people have been, you know, raising the specter of, but it it hasn't actually panned out. A lot of landlords and tenants are working to try to get the rent relief or to work out other deals. Not everybody is rushing to the courthouse right now. You've been listening to Your Legal Rights on KALW 91.7 FM, San Francisco Bay Area where tonight we've been focused on what's happening in landlord-tenant law. Our guests have been landlord-tenant attorneys extraordinaire Jessica Chalik of San Francisco and David Finkelstein of San Mateo. Our final guest tonight has been all of you. Our show tonight has been produced by yours truly. Please be sure to join your legal rights again next week, Wednesday at 6 o'clock, where, as always, we will take your calls and answer your questions. A big thanks to tonight's guests, Jessica Chalik, David Finkelstein, and at the controls, studio engineers Damian Miner and Eric Jansen. I'm Jeff Hayden. Be safe and have a good night. Support for KALW is provided by the Bar Association of San Francisco. If you live in San Francisco or Marin County, the Bar Association's Lawyer Referral Service can arrange for you to meet with an attorney experienced in the area of law related to your situation. Call 415-989-1616 or visit sfbar.org for more information.